0: Hello, y'all, and welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new, I am the founder and host, Ms. Genesis Amaris-Kent, and with me today in the hot seat is a special guest, Connie Graf. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about who Connie is, and we're going to dive into this amazing subject, which is needed. So Connie Graf is a Swiss certified expert in finance and accounting and a certified clutter clearing practitioner. Connie helps people clear their clutter in their home, office, and finances, but not like most others. She says clearing clutter is an act of self-love because the clutter we cling to keeps us stuck in life and busyness. We've all been there. It is more than just stuff. It's an indication and a symptom of what's happening with us emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. She strongly believes that Clearing Clutter is not just about purging and organizing, it's about exploring and releasing the limiting beliefs we tell ourselves along with the stories and suppressed emotions that keep us stuck in the past. It's transformational, it's self-development, and a journey that brings us up to date With who we really are and clarity about what matters most. So, without further ado, let's welcome the amazing clutter clearing practitioner,
1: Connie Graf. Thanks so much, Genesis. That's awesome. Introduction.
0: My pleasure, Connie. And so the audience, they love when we do the Connection segment because it gives them a chance to get to know you in a fun and personal manner. So for today's mm-hmm. Connection segment, there are two options you can choose from. We can either do an icebreaker or a rapid fire game. What well, are you room for? Let's do the rapid fire thing. <laughs> Here we go, y'all. We're playing rapid fire with Genesis and Connie. Question numero uno. What is one word to describe you, Connie?
1: Uh, Bold.
0: (laughs) Question number two. If you could trade places with anyone for 24 to 72 hours, would you trade places or remain yourself? And if you trade places with who?
1: Uh, no, I think I would remain myself. I have enough to do with me. <laughs> wouldn't want to trade things. <laughs> Question three. If money was no option
0: and you just want an all-expense getaway, where would you be headed?
1: Mm, Hawaii. I always wanted to go to Hawaii.
0: <laughs> Question four. What is your favorite food or cuisine?
1: So I love pizza and actually all the Italian foods, but I eat very healthy, so it sometimes contradicts a bit.
0: (laughs) Question five, do you speak any other languages?
1: Yes, I do. So I'm originally from Switzerland. I grew up, learn. I grew up Swiss German, which is not the same like German. And then in school I learned German and we had to learn French and I, understand a little bit of Italian. Lucky for me, so I can read the menu.
0: <laughs> I love it. And out of all those languages, which one is your favorite one to speak? And can you share one phrase so we could teach the audience something new?
1: Uh, one phrase in Swiss German, you mean?
0: Yeah, or any other language you yeah. speak.
1: So it, it's hard to say which one is the favorite. So because I live now in Vancouver and I speak mostly English, English is the one that is on the forefront. But in a way, it's probably the, the favorite language is still probably Swiss German because not that many people speak it. And um, you want to hear something in Swiss German, what shall I say? Um, um, well, um, Genesis, thank you very much that you me for your podcast as a guest.
0: Wow. Okay. Now, y'all, I normally put myself in the hot seat and I would repeat that, but that is hecka hard. So <laughs> tell the audience what you just said, Kadi.
1: Yeah, I just said, thank you, Genesis, for inviting me as a guest on your podcast. <laughs> You're welcome.
0: Or in Spanish, I will say, de nada. <laughs> So question six, what's your favorite color, Connie?
1: My favorite color is probably turquoise blue.
0: <laughs> question seven, what is your drink of choice? Coffee, tea, or something else? Coffee. <laughs> coffee all the way. <laughs> question eight. You just won the lottery. Cha 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 cha. You must donate to three charities of your choice before your proceeds are released. What charities are you donating to?
1: Um so most likely um an animal, so horse rescue charity, um probably some kind of a dog charity. I would have to figure out which one and then something to the food bank so we all have uh, everybody has something to eat. I think that's important.
0: I love it. Question nine. If you could have lunch or dinner with any person, past or present, who would it be and why?
1: With any person? Um, <laughs> I would probably take Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> so, uh, i hope everybody knows bruce springsteen it dates me a little bit i listen to his music since i'm 12 years old so i would probably want to go for dinner with him um i always say that i don't have a boss other than the boss because if you know his nickname is the boss so <laughs> that's who i would want to pick
0: love it and question 10 it is our bonus question and here are the rules if you play I asked one last question. If you pass, our roles are reversed and you could ask me any question. So do you wanna pass or play? Uh, I play. (laughs) Okay, last question. Name one crazy thing or adventurous thing that you have done in your life that actually
1: built character. One crazy thing. So I lived for six months In the winter at minus 40 in a house that had no power and no running water.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. That is crazy, y'all. Let's get Connie (laughs) on Survivor because she definitely survived some inclement weather. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, there was a wood stove, so it wasn't that cold other than when you weren't home to feed the wood stove. But not having running water, um, Builds character, and you're very grateful for the faucet that you can just turn on afterwards.
0: I love it. And audience, (laughs) that just concludes our rabid fire game with Connie and the connection segment. So now we're gonna move into the meat and potatoes, which is the main part of the segment, and we're gonna talk about decluttering and why Connie calls herself the cutter clutter clearing practitioner. So Connie, what made you embark on this journey to declutter and look at it from a holistic level?
1: Mm-hmm. So I always um, joke and say I was a little bit of a weird kid. So I actually, when I was growing up, maybe 10, 12 years old, I was already decluttering. Just back then, nobody talked about decluttering. But I I noticed early on that our environment has an effect on us. So I would kind of like declutter, reorganize, organize and all that as a child. And then later, as I said, nobody talked about decluttering. So I was in finance. And um, so when um, when I was in finance, I always helped helped people um, create um, um, how do you say that a uh, supportive environment on their desk and um and so (laughs) it's it's a a longer story so i'm trying to cut it short so and then when i moved to canada my um all my certificates for to be an accountant were not um recognized anymore and so i had to come up with uh, something else and i thought well Actually, I'm really good at helping people create supportive environments, declutter and everything. And so that's how I got back into what I actually was doing already when I was younger.
0: I love it. And who would have thought when you were younger, you already being in the decluttering process would have carried over into adulthood where now you're helping people do the same. And it seems like you do it year round, but why is it, from your opinion, that people only do it at the beginning of the year or as each season. Why can't we practice decluttering you know, all year long? Because sometimes we as individuals can be hoarder. Sometimes I like to hold on to things and now I'm like, is it a want or is it a need? So can mm-hmm. you share from your experience on some of the things that you have done with your client to help them keep it as a sustainable habit versus a one-time thing?
1: Hmm. Yeah. So the reason why people maybe do it only at the beginning of the year or just by season is because they're we a are not really taught why we are keeping things or we are not really taught how how to declutter. So that's and then in the media, of course, on the first of January, then everybody sets resolutions and goals and everything. Ta So then some people do. Um, start then, others start with spring cleaning, and I I mean, yes, decluttering is kind of like spring cleaning on steroids, if you want to call it that way, you know. but more sustainable is actually what I do and teach my clients, which is a few minutes a day keeps the chaos away, you know? And it's also, it's it's healthier and more sustainable. It's like if you would only eat twice a year and the rest of the year you wouldn't eat, or we could even go with other bodily functions. Like if you would only go to the bathroom once or twice a year and the rest of the year, your body would keep, all the 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 waste material actually from what you're eating inside the body would make you sick no and so this is kind of like the metaphor that i put out there like it's it's so much easier to constantly do it rather than these um bursts of decluttering and then when um when you wore yourself out then you just let it all go bad again and then you start dispersed again it's very uh exhausting and so it's actually much much easier if you would do it on a continuous basis yeah
0: yes and i could see that being easier because in the past i've done it like seasonally and that big push once a year and it could become yeah. overwhelming especially yeah if you're seeing all of things that you have accumulated and the memories um come to, come up and you're like, oh, I remember when I got this and this is how it made me feel. Oh, I, I really need to keep it. And your spouse may, may be saying, no, you really don't need to keep it is what my <laughs> husband will tell me, put it in the <laughs> trash or re-gift it or give it away. So I know you say um, clutter clearing is an act of self-love. So for anyone listening, can you help them understand why clutter clearing is an act of self-love and how they could begin to shift the paradigms and see it from your vantage point? And whenever they're seeing it from your vantage point, it could also help them build a new routine and a regimen where they're no longer hoarding stuff and they're saying, okay, if this is not serving me, then I need to either give it away, re-gift it, donate it, or just trash it.
1: Mm-hmm. So the, the way how you, you get there is by actually starting to, to pay attention how the environment makes you feel. This is kind of what came naturally to me when I was a child. And we are sometimes way too hectic or busy to actually really feel how the environment makes us feel. But if we would stop, um, we would r- realize that the environment, especially if it's cluttered and overfull with stuff and unorganized, that it stresses us out. And there is actually, by now, scientific um, studies out there that, that do confirm that, that uh, we're getting very stressed out. And so this is one of the reasons why I say decluttering is self-love, because you're actually doing something uh, for your physical health, health, because less stress is um, less stressful for the body, obviously, but it, I mean, a lot of today's uh, health issues that people are suffering have a root cause in stress. And so, if we can reduce the stress in our life, and the environment is, in my opinion, a very easy way to reduce the stress, we can't do anything to the outer world that just happens. We have no power, no influence over it, but we do have an influence over our immediate environment where we're living. And so when we reduce that stress, that will be very much in favor of our health our mental health too because we can just remember back when when we're stressed out how we react also how we react towards other people maybe towards our towards our children we know how we react when we're driving and we're stressed you know so that's one of the reasons why i say decluttering is self-love because it's just it helps you mentally and it helps the people around you. It helps you physically to reduce the stress in your life.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see that now because it's like you're controlling what you can control, which is the environment that you live in by removing things that are no longer serving you or things that are crowding and cramping your space. And once you get rid of those things, you have clarity you have focus, you have the visibility to see things because everything is not compressed and packed in, in tight spaces and it's not mm. hard for you to find certain items and whatnot. So for example, if someone is listening in Connie and they're saying, okay, Connie, this sounds amazing. Genesis, I'm on board. I'm rocking and rolling with you all. But how do I get started? Because I have no idea where to start. What would you advise that, man or woman or individual?
1: Mm. So the, I tell you first where not to start because what most people do is they try to start with all the stuff that is most sentimental or where they have the most dilemma with. That's kind of where their brain first goes. They all think first like, oh my God, all my photos or all my um all, all the toys or the, the clothes of my of my child who is now not a child anymore or something like this. And my suggestion is actually that you don't start with these emotionally charged items. You start with the obvious stuff or we could call it the low hanging fruit, you know. So you go and you start with all the things that you kind of have an easy, time to decide it should come really easy like oh i don't need this oh i don't need this start with those and we all have those no matter how clutter free you say you're living as human beings we're collectors that's our human nature but it doesn't mean we have to collect forever we can let go and we always have things that we can let go and so also like less emotionally charged areas are often unless you're a Avid cook or chef or whatever, often it's the kitchen or the bathroom or other rooms or the linen closet, for example, or something. Start there. And then the other thing that I always say is, too, is like don't block off a whole day. Okay, next Saturday I'm going to declutter. You probably don't want to do that. Who would want to declutter on a Saturday all day long? So just start small with maybe one shelf or even just half a shelf or a drawer. And again, the minute it becomes like, oh my God, and I don't know, and what you mentioned before, oh, I remember these gorgeous times we had, and I don't know whether I can let go. Don't worry about those items yet. Just let go everything that it's very natural Oh, I don't need that I don't need that and let let go of those you start building your decluttering muscle it's like when you go to the gym you don't go and put the heaviest weight on the machine right away, you No, know? you. start small and you build up your muscle it's the same here so that's what I would say, and also the more you you start letting go of things. I'm not saying it becomes easier to let go emotionally charged items, but you will have a better understanding what you actually really want to keep and what is important to you and whatnot and the goal is not to let go of all the emotionally um the emotional items that you cling on to that's not the goal the goal is that you actually surround yourself with the things that make you feel good you know
0: yes and if i could you know piggyback off of that and let me know if you would agree with this advice or not what I did recently was I started with my pantry because sometimes your pantry can become a cluttered spot. You have no idea what you're buying. You'll go to the store, you'll buy some else, and you're like, "Dang, I have that. I have pasta sauce already. Why did I buy more pasta sauce?" But if you declutter your your pantry and you take out things that are expired, you trash it. You start to look at the expiration date of items. You could do the FIFO method, first in, first out. That way you're not having things in your pantry that are going bad. And then you also have the visibility to see, okay, what is in my pantry and what do I need? And start making a shopping list. That actually helped me recently. And another thing I did was bills and mails and junk mail. Like here in the U.S., sometimes we get like sales papers or... Sometimes they'll send you certain bills, but if you could take those paper copies of your bills and turn them into paperless, that's reducing, you know, the carbon footprint and you're also getting it electronically. So those paper things are not piling up wherever you store them in your house. Sales paper, mm, do you know, if you're trying to watch a budget, do you really want to see those sales papers as now you say, oh, there's amazing 50 to 70% off sale because you already know if you're, trying to manage a budget for certain goals. You're like, oh, they're having a sale. Let me go shop. And you don't need to shop. You want to shop. So would you say those two areas are good to start with, Connie? Your pantry and the other area?
1: sure i think it depends on the person is like for you it probably makes most sense because you have your your family no, so you actually really have a pantry other people may not necessarily have a pantry i would give one more tip with the pantry so once you have it decluttered and at a certain organization always when you buy new things put it to the back so the the stuff that is expiring sooner is in the front and the papers is anyway, so it's like you're much younger than me. But when I was young, it was said that, oh, the computer will solve all our paper problems. We will have no paper anymore within. I don't know what they what the prediction was, but something around the, along the line of 10 years or so. We have zero paper and it is now about 40 years later <laughs> and we have more paper than ever. So, yes, definitely. Um, try to get rid of whatever paper comes into your house that you're not using or find a use that is other than just looking at it and then going and buying things you there is some uh, like some in some gardening techniques you can use papers for example if that's um something that you could look into but those are good good things and with the sales um papers you were talking about, make sure you don't get them on your email afterwards, because it's just as um, addictive to to go and buy more things. Yeah.
0: Yes. And thank you for adding that tip. I love it. So that's um, FIFO, first in, first out. So I love that. And Connie, you also talk about the importance of decluttering spiritually, which also could tie into mental and emotional. So How can an individual declutter those thoughts that run rampant in their mind that is no longer serving them and it's actually taking them away via distractions versus really tuning into who they are and what it is that they believe in, how they could
1: show up and be whole and complete? Yeah, how long do you have time? (laughs) Because isn't that what we all um, struggle with, and I always joke and say like physical clutter is in a way so easy. No, it's mostly the mental clutter and from the mental clutter comes the emotional clutter. And so how can we get rid of mental clutter? I think, so I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist or anything, but sometimes we really just think certain thoughts out of a habit or just for Ever and ever and when we're actually going and listening in or paying attention what we're thinking we're like, this is not even what I believe. It's 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 kind of like it's what my mother said or what some stranger said or what my boss said that I didn't agree with anyways years ago, you know, so. um, Really just questioning and then the other thing is where i see a lot of people struggling with mental clutter is where we beat ourselves up so it doesn't help you even if you have the most cluttered house that you believe you're the only one with the most cluttered house it doesn't help if you beat yourself up over it at all you need to find more compassion you might need to find to ask, or you need to ask yourself why why is it so cluttered like i said and why how you said in my bio intro i believe there is a reason or and, and I know there is a reason we I we always found the reason when I was uh, helping my clients. Why? And as soon as you understand why you find more compassion for yourself. And again, it doesn't help if you try to beat yourself to declutter. It's much better to kind of find the reasons than maybe healing. I would say is maybe a little bit too strong of a word, but just like find other ways how to deal with whatever it is and clean the outside and i always say too as within, so without and vice versa so if you start cleaning up your outside a bit it also makes your mental state and your emotional state a bit calmer and then it's it's it has enough has an effect on the outside again so it does help but it's a long journey i mean we all suffer off from mental clutter for sure
0: Yes, exactly. And one thing that I would like to say audience too, whenever it comes to the mental clutter, I'll, uh, one tip that I learned from a mastermind is naming your ego. If you have a positive ego, what -hmm. are you naming that positive ego? In my case, I name my positive ego, positive Patty. My negative ego is Nancy, um, negative Nancy. So whenever negative Nancy creeps in, I tell negative Nancy to sh- sit down and shut the puck up because positive <laughs> Patty is here to stay and she has something important. So that's also me um, practicing discernment and asking myself, okay, is this thought positive or is it negative? Is it going to help me grow or is it going to distract and deter me? from, you know, seeing seeing the good. And it is hard because we have things that are constantly probing at us that's altering our thoughts, whether it's the news, it's media, it's social media, it could be our surrounding, who we have in our circle and etc. cetera. And whenever you are trying to go to a new level, new dimension, and et cetera, it's important for you to understand what level are you operating in and who is right there with you so you can ensure that your mental state and stability is going down the right path. So that's another tip that I would love to share with you all. It's not going to be overnight where things are going to change. It's a work in progress. So I tell you, be a whip without the H work (laughs) in progress.
1: Yeah, I love that. Yes. And we can also ask ourselves whether it's serving us or not. Most of the time, that negative Nancy isn't serving us at all, you know. Yes, exactly, Connie.
0: So as we begin to wind down, Connie, is there anything that I have not asked you about clutter clearing practitioner and the work that you're doing that you would love to share with the audience before we jump into the call to action?
1: no i think i it's just like paying more attention to it and and being nicer to yourself i think this is really the main message and you we, we got there um and and to not overwhelm yourself because clutter itself is already overwhelming and when we're trying to take on too much we overwhelm ourselves on top of the overwhelm and which doesn't help at all yeah
0: yeah so audience whenever you're going through your decluttering process it's a process and a journey, make sure you have compassion, give yourself grace, look at your time, it is going to take time, and don't bite off more than you can chew, meaning don't take on more than you're able to handle, so that is where the grace is going to come into play, because you're going to give yourself grace in order for you to go through this season and period of change, in order for you to make these sustainable life hacks and necessary moves so you could continue to do it over time and not make it a once-and-done type of thing. Now we're going to jump in to the C T A call to action. Connie, what is your call to action to hold the audience accountable? They heard you spit your knowledge, but what's good is hearing the knowledge if they're not going to take what you lay down and apply it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so Again, one of my sayings is uh, a few minutes a day keeps the chaos away. So find my call to action is find the minimum amount of time you can do something every day. And for some people that is 15 minutes and for other people, 15 minutes sounds already daunting. So then just take five minutes, but take that low threshold and say, okay, every day I do Let's take five minutes every day. I do five minutes and five minutes could be quickly clear the counter of papers like you earlier said Genesis or five minutes of um, looking in the pantry and getting out um, expired foods, something like that. And then in order to not overwhelm yourself after five minutes, if you feel like, oh, I'm motivated to to do not more, then you can do another five minutes and just do it like this. That's what I would suggest is the call to action that people actually start doing it. And you will find that it is less daunting if you just do a little bit. And we all find these um, that lower threshold, like five minutes or something. Um, maybe it's ten minutes for you, whatever. And if it's just that long, it's also less you're less tempted to procrastinate and say, oh, I do it later or I don't do it today or whatever, because we all have five minutes, even if it's a hectic day, we find five minutes. And if you really are interested in making your life easier, and like I said earlier, love yourself a little bit better by reducing the stress, you find the five minutes, for example. So that would be my call to action.
0: I love it. And Connie, please give the audience your website, which of course has your social media channels backlinked on there.
1: Yes. So my website is um, conigraph.com. That is C O N N Y G R A F.com. Has all the information on it the, the links to social media, the links to my podcast, how you get a hold of me. Everything is right there.
0: So there you have it, audience. Thank you so much for listening to this amazing segment with Connie and I. And we can't hear how, we can't wait to hear how you decluttered your life on a holistic level, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. All it takes is you making the move and continuing to make moves. Make sure you like, comment, follow, and subscribe. The podcast is over on 40 plus platforms. You could also see the recording video on YouTube by going to GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, we are looking for brand sponsors and listener supporters. It is paid because it does take monetary resources to fuel the mission and movement, which is to bring content that is educational, inspirational, and motivational, while also weaving in D, E, I, and B, which is diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. It takes all of us coming together to make this world a better place and to leave an impact and an imprint. So until the next guest, next segment, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Remember, you're an asset, not a liability. You were created on purpose for a purpose. So go out and be great. Connie and I are rooting for you.